0: Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now, let's get climbing. Hello beautiful friends and welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Man, that feels that feels wild to say. I have been dreaming of starting this podcast for A couple years now and um, I can't believe it's actually happening. So before I dive into episode one of what I hope to be many, I just want to say thank you so much for being here, for for tuning in, for giving me some of your precious time today to be a voice in your ear. It means the world to me and um, hopefully I can be interesting enough that you will come back and I don't scare you away. So, you know, if nothing else, hey mom, Hey, Debbie, mother-in-law, I know that you guys will always be my number one fans. I see you. I appreciate you. And everyone else, thank you for being here too. I feel like for this first episode, we've got to kind of lay the land. Like I'm going to assume that most of you probably know who I am or something about me that brought you here. Or maybe a friend shared this with you. I don't know. Maybe you don't know anything. So assumptions aside, I'm just going to give you guys a quick overview of who is Coach Kaya what is some background on my story? What can you expect from tuning into this podcast? What's the vision? What's the goal? And I hope that you'll come back next week and every week after that so we can hang out and learn and grow together. But before we dive into that, who the heck am I? Hi, my name is Coach Kaya. My name is Kaya. It's not Coach Kaya, but I've adopted the name pretty well. Uh, my name is Kaya twistleman Birchett. New last name, still getting used to that if you are as, at the time that I'm recording this, I have only been married for almost, I had to use my fingers, that's embarrassing, three months. It's a big number. Three months, woo, going strong. Um, so still getting used to that new last name, but um, obviously I am a coach. I'm a life coach, accidentally turned life coach. We'll we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I'm also a proud aunt. I am a, a wife, a sister, a friend, a daughter, a rancher, I'll admit, I kind of feel like these days I play a rancher on TV. Um, I don't actively ranch in my day-to-day life. My family has been ranching on the central coast of California for now seven generations since the late 1800s. And even though my day job is not on the ranch anymore, my heart will always be there. And so I will proudly wear that title, even though I'm not the one out there doing the work these days. So just quick caveat there. I'm also a speaker, I'm an adventurer, I love to travel, I am a shameless extrovert, I love people with all my heart, love them so much. Um, And I'm a lot of other things, which I hope that you'll learn more about as we continue to hang out in this podcast space. Um, But I feel like in order to really, I guess, paint a picture of what brought me here to this point where I feel um, called to even create this podcast... Um, I guess that story begins at a pretty young age. Um, And it really all starts with my relationship with myself. I mean, I think most of us in our lives, the things we struggle with, or maybe even succeed with, really stem from our relationship that we have with ourselves. And I have had um, a pretty rocky relationship with myself. And I feel like so much of the work I've been doing over the last three years is really reestablishing that. And what I know for myself to be true is that is something that we uh, we have to commit to always working on for the rest of our lives, right? We um, Our relationship with ourselves is no different than our relationship with anyone else. In order for it to be strong, it takes work and intentionality. And um, yeah, we'll get into that more later. So how did I get here? Why am I even on this podcast? Well, I, I think that most of you, I'm going to just make some assumptions here. If you haven't been around since the beginning, if you're not my relative, my close friend that I grew up with, um, you probably found me because of my weight loss story. Um, I think that's why most people know who I am these days. I've lost over a hundred pounds. My story has been shared in Good Morning America, People Magazine, Kelly Clarkson Show, Access Hollywood, among other media outlets. And that's kind of like my thing now, right? People follow me because of this, this health transformation I had. And if you've been hanging around long enough, you would know that, you know, I, I talk a lot about how it's so much more than just weight loss. It's about this mental mindset transformation. It's really about rebuilding that relationship with self, kind of like I alluded to earlier. So where did this story begin? Where did, where did coach Kaya begin before she got to where she is now? You know, I mentioned that I grew up on um, my family's cattle ranch. So we grew up or I grew up in um, very rural California. (laughs) I think um, a lot of people, when they hear that I'm from California, when you're not from California, you, you have a lot of assumptions, from my experience, of being stereotyped as someone that either lives in San Francisco, Los Angeles, or at least somewhere really close to a beach. And those are great, great places. I have a lot of close friends from all those places. However, I want you to take all those California assumptions and I want you to throw them out the window because the way that I grew up doesn't fit most people's stereotypes of the California experience, (laughs) to say the least. So I grew up in rural California, um, an hour from the nearest town. And when I say the nearest town, I mean the nearest grocery store the nearest gas station, the nearest high school. I had to drive an hour one way to go to high school. I mean, the nearest civilization as most of us would know it. Um, and it was awesome. I don't, I don't think I realized it was awesome at the time, like many of us don't um, in our youth, but um, it was a really awesome and unique experience. And I did not realize how special and rare that childhood really is until I went to high school and definitely when I went to college. Um, so that's, that's where I grew up. And I grew up in a, in a big family. My dad's one of eight kids. My mom's only one of three. But, you know, I grew up around a lot of aunts and uncles, a lot of cousins, um, really big family. And really, nobody else around me. <laughs> I mean, we did go to town quite a bit. Don't get me wrong. We had a really incredible community. But living in a rural area, I think in general, you just become really close with your family. They're who, they're who you're around a lot. And growing up was, was awesome. You know, I was always around really loving and supporting family. I had great friends. Um, we lived in this beautiful part of the state. Um, I think it's beautiful. Honestly, my husband would probably disagree. It's high desert, very barren, not a lot of trees, looks nothing like where he grew up, which is in uh, Western Kentucky. It's a different kind of beauty. Okay. He says it's brown. I say it's golden. It's all about perspective. Anyways, I'm getting down a rabbit hole here. Can you tell him a little defensive? <laughs> um, anyways, so I loved it. I loved my childhood. I had an incredible family. I am so privileged and blessed. I mean, amazing. But starting at a really young age, I began to struggle with my weight. And I think more importantly than my weight, um, you know, from what I can see now was really me struggling with my body image. Um, You know, when I was younger, I started feeling shame about my body as early as I really think that I even recognized that I had a body, like at a young age. Um, You know, I noticed that I wasn't someone that looked like the Barbies I was playing with. I knew that I didn't look like um, my skinnier, more athletic cousins and friends. I couldn't run as fast as the other kids could. They would make jokes behind my back or to my face about my body. And I also really learned at a young age too to deflect that using humor. Humor's always been a way for me to deflect (laughs) uncomfortable things. But it, it really started young. And um, I think that the earliest I can remember going on a diet, I think I was 10. And and that's like this vague memory. And it could have been even younger than 10, if I'm being honest, especially when I go back and look at, at pictures of myself. I can see those pictures and what I was wearing and thinking, I remember then not being happy with the way that I looked. And it really it breaks it breaks my heart to see it breaks my heart to like go back and think about that younger version of me already feeling so much shame and hatred about my body i mean i was a kid i was a child and i was you know i started having all of these insecurities that started that really made me hold myself back from life in a big way way too soon. I mean, I don't think we should ever hold ourselves back because of our bodies. Um, you know, or our insecurities about our bodies, but it happens and it and it kills me to think how early it happened for me. And what breaks my heart even more is thinking that I wasn't much older than my oldest niece right now and to think that oh, could she start feeling the same way that I did here in the next couple of years? Like no, I, I don't want that for her. But starting really young, I had this really – I started to have a complicated relationship with food and my body. And food was really something that was my go-to comfort. Food was comfort for me. And it wasn't just comfort for me when I was sad, but it was comfort for me when I was angry, when I was happy, when I was bored, when I was emotional, you know, all of the things. Like the whole array of emotions, food was just always this thing that I would go to. And I – have a wonderful family. Okay. I have the best parents, the most supportive and loving parents. And they could tell, you know, when I was younger, like, you know, I was gaining weight. I was getting outside of what we were were taught as, you know, was a healthy weight limit for my height. You know, my BMI was super high and they were worried about me. You know, they're my parents. They love me. It's their job to worry about me. And so the way that they would try to help support me was, um, Helping me manage my food or um, change the way that I was eating, and so when I went on my first diet, the one I can remember, I think I was around the age ten. I went on the Atkins diet with my parents, my mom and dad. My mom and dad and I went on the Atkins diet, and I've told their brothers, and um, they didn't. When we were younger, they didn't struggle with food and their weight like I did. Not not the same way that I did. And so we went on the Atkins diet, and I just remember being, you know, this young kid and desperately missing fruit. Like on Atkins, it's it's basically, you know, a low carb diet, kind of like keto. And um, you're not allowed to have a lot of sugar. And my mom is diabetic. She's type two diabetic. So she's not allowed, she's not supposed to be eating a lot of sugar anyways. It just, it made sense. We grew up on a ranch, you know, we're a family that eats a lot of animal protein. And so it was a good fit for our lifestyle. And so we went on keto and I just remember missing fruit so terribly. All I wanted was fruit. like Fruit was one of my favorite things ever, but it had too much sugar. And I also remember going to school and um, my cousin and, and best friend, Lakin, that I grew up with, she, her mom, oh, Jannie, shout out to Jannie if Janny ever listens to this, one of the best bakers ever. My dad is too. Listen, we were surrounded by a lot of really good food. But Lakin always had like the best school lunches. And my cousin Tanner did too. They always had like the best school lunches. And maybe it's just like other people's food always looks better than your own, but I swear they had the best school lunches. And I vividly remember Lakin would always bring these Frito Lays, flavor blast twists. I think that's what they're called. They are so good. If you've never tried them, mm, they're delicious. Still love them to this day. And I remember like craving them so badly, but they were a starchy food. They were a chip. I wasn't supposed to eat them on my diet. And so I started really developing this this relationship with food where there were good foods and there were bad foods and certain foods should be more shameful than others. And you're not supposed to eat these and you're supposed to eat that. And I just think that it, you know, I know that when we went on this diet, it was with this hopes of like creating healthier habits around food. But I think the only thing that it did was create more disordered perspectives around food for me at a really young age. And um, what would happen was when, you know, when I stayed with my grandma, my grandma was babysitting me, I would go back into her back pantry and I would binge eat potato chips when nobody was watching me. And I think it was because I had this this idea that eating these foods is shameful. So I'm going to do it in hiding. But I had this like the scarcity mindset around it, right? Like if I don't eat these now, I'm never going to be allowed to eat them again. And so I would overindulge and binge eat these potato chips in private. And my grandma, love her heart, you know, she was someone to make comments about my weight too. And I and I have to believe now, you know, right or wrong, listen, I don't think we should ever make comments about people's bodies, period. Especially, you know, thinking back to the way that it affected me. In my youth when people made comments about my body and I, and I want to believe you know it was coming from a loving place, right my parents, my grandparents, aunts, uncles, anybody in my family they didn't want to see me unhealthy and and I don't think they knew how to support me in getting healthy in any other different ways than just encouraging me to diet, encouraging me not to eat certain things, encouraging me that I needed to lose weight and it didn't work <laughs> it did not work i uh I struggled my weight when I was really little and I struggled with it all the way through elementary school, through high school, through college, and through my young professional careers. And you better believe that as someone that struggled with my weight and my body image, it's not to say that I didn't try. I tried so much. I, um, I don't know how many diets I went on in my youth, I I don't know, but I want to say that if you could name it, I probably tried it. I even remember buying that like some book called Dieting for Dummies. I did Atkins, I did Weight Watchers, I did all of these things. I signed up for a personal trainer, I signed up for you know these gyms or these programs, and they'd all start out really strong, but they'd never work. They'd never last, or I lose some weight on the Atkins diet that I did with my parents. I did lose weight, and I remember fitting into smaller clothes. And the only thing I could do that entire time was just counting down the days until I lost the weight so that I could go off my freaking diet and have a piece of fruit again. So when I lost the weight, you know what happens. I went off my diet, reverted back to my old habits, and I gained back all of the weight and more. And this happened again and again and again. And each new attempt at dieting and weight loss would leave me feeling more hopeless and defeated than the last. And I'd gotten to this point in my life where I was like whats whats the point. What is the point? And you know, I think this is something we could talk about in a later episode, but for a long time, my greatest fear in my life was that I was going to die alone. Who could love me like this? Especially because I couldn't even love myself and it breaks my heart, but that was a deep, deep fear of mine. And I, and I know I'm not alone in this. I know there are people listening to this podcast right now. They probably feel that deep in their bones. Oh gosh. And I have felt that so deeply in my bones. And I hope that my story and maybe what we create in this podcast can help give you a little bit of hope in the future, wherever you're at in your journey, your health journey, your life journey, your self-love journey. I want this to be a place where we can find hope and share and be honest, raw, and vulnerable and move forward together. So let's get to the hopeful part. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to pop in really quick and see if you're looking to ignite your transformation for creating a healthier life that you love from the inside out. If so, I've got some good news. If you're willing to give me 10 minutes a day for just five days, I just recently launched my new five-day kickstart. In five days, you're going to learn my signature coaching framework, helping hundreds of women around the world ditch diet culture. I'm also going to share the five action steps that you need to start doing right now to ignite that health transformation. And they're likely not what you've been taught from diet programs. And I'm also going to be giving you strategies to create lasting change in your life from the inside out. And the good news, friends, it's 100% free. If you're ready to join the free five-day Kickstart, visit CoachKaya.com to get started. So I struggled for a long time, ever since I was little. Hated myself, hated my body, would speak to myself in a terrible way looking in the mirror. I'd say things to myself that I would never dream of saying to someone that I love, let alone someone I didn't like. I mean, awful, awful things. And every time I tried dieting in the past, it was always, it always stemmed from this place of me hating myself enough that I was ready to finally try to change it again. It would get to a point where I was so disgusted with myself that I was like, fine, let's change this then, because I can't live with myself like this anymore. And every time I tried, I would eventually fail or make a mistake, do it imperfectly. And when I messed up and did something imperfectly, I would shame myself again. And then I would console myself in my best friend that always comforted me when I was feeling shameful, which was food. And it became this endless self-shame dieting cycle. Have a body, hate my body, try to fix the quote unquote problem by signing up for another diet, doing so imperfectly, making a mistake, Shaming myself again, comforting myself in food, and repeat. Have a body, hate my body, try to fix it, do it imperfectly, shame myself, eat my feelings, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat, and repeat for the rest of my life is what it felt like it was going to happen. And I want to be compassionate towards the fact that I'm not the only one in this. And I think those of us that have gone through this or struggle with food or struggle with our body image, like yes, there's a lot of just pieces of being human that stink that are just messy. But I think. A lot of us were conditioned to feel this way, right? Because of the culture that we grew up in, this, what society has taught us to believe. You know, We were given this, this vision of what it means to, and looks like to be beautiful. And if you didn't fit the mold, around every corner there was a new diet or or some company trying to sell you a solution, right? Like melt away the cellulite, shed the inches, drop the weight, lose the fat, all of these things. We were conditioned to believe that our bodies were problems to be solved. And we were also conditioned to believe that happiness, joy, love, all of these things that we desperately wanted were on the other side of that weight loss. And it wasn't just media, right? Media got its grips into us, absolutely, but media got its grips into the people that love us too. And when I think back to the way that my family treated me as a child that struggled with my weight, I think it just made my emotions and feelings about my body worse. But I'm compassionate towards the fact that they were at grips with diet culture too, Diet culture had its, its talons so deep into their back that they didn't know any better. And so through my journey, it's been learning how to know better, how to do better, and how to let that legacy end with me. That's one of my biggest whys. I don't want to pass this on to my nieces, to my kids in the future if I have kids in the future. You know, How do we end this pattern now? So how did I end that for myself? What, what changed for me? I mentioned that, you know, I struggled through high school, through college and my young professional career. So I went away to college. I went to UC Davis. I moved to Germany for a year. And then when I moved back from Germany, I moved to Kentucky for a job with the Kentucky Beef Council and loved the job. It was this perfect intersection of, of getting to work with people and getting to work in agriculture and just being this voice for agriculture, sharing the story on behalf of farmers of how their, their food is raised and beef nutrition and all these things. And, and one of the, the programs I was in charge of at the Beef Council was the nutrition program. And I remember feeling so conflicted in that job because here I am having to stand up in front of these registered dietitians, these health professionals, these bloggers, these students, these teachers, these consumers, and talk about you know beef's role in a healthy diet. and I believed that what I was saying was true, right it was it was the science that I was sharing, but at the time i I knew I didn't look like this vision of what people imagine when they think of a healthy person. And so I remember feeling so conflicted in that job thinking, oh am I doing more of a disservice to this industry that I grew up in that I'm so passionate about than I am being helpful right now because I'm not walking the talk. I'm saying one thing and I'm doing something totally different. And that was a hard pull to swallow, but that wasn't what really flipped the switch for me. For me, you know, I think there's, there's moments in our lives and they aren't always distinct moments that change our path, but sometimes they are. And I, and I think that for me there was this distinct moment and it was in August of 2018, I was getting ready to leave Lexington, Kentucky to go to Scottsdale, Arizona for this Ag Media Summit conference. And, um, you know, I have always loved traveling. I didn't really start traveling until I was in college. We weren't a family that left the ranch or our community a whole lot growing up. But in college, I started traveling and I lived in Europe. And so I I love traveling, but traveling in a bigger body is challenging, right? There's the world hasn't been made inclusively for all of us yet. We've got a lot of work to do there. And so traveling caused me anxiety. I loved it, but I hated this love-hate relationship because I wasn't a body that fit well into airport seats, airplane seats, excuse me. So we go to this, we go to the airport, we go to check in, and I just happened to walk through one of those little airport bookstores and I grabbed this book that people had been talking about on social media, even though I wasn't really much of a reader, I'll be honest. I, I'm someone that would like buy books and leave them on my bedside table for months at a time telling myself that I was going to get to them and I didn't. But here we are, I bought this book. So I uh, I go and I get on the airplane and I'm just like walking down the aisle and I'm doing that thing where I'm just like praying. To God, please don't let anybody be sitting in the seat next to me. Or if there is somebody in the seat next to me, please make it a small child or a very slender person or just someone at least really kind and nice. And of course, it was full, full plane. Of course, you never get so lucky. I mean, sometimes, but not this time. And I go and I squeeze my butt into that airplane seat, and um, I go to put my seatbelt on, and it doesn't fit. And like full transparency, full disclosure, this was not the first time that an air Plane seatbelt didn't fit me. In the past, I had just gotten really good about quickly grabbing a sweatshirt and just hiding it, which I don't think I would recommend for safety purposes. I gotta throw that out there. But I was just too ashamed in the past to admit it. But this time, the airplane stewardess or flight attendant saw me struggling and she said, Hey, honey, can I get you an an airplane seatbelt extender? And I said, Yes, yes, thank you. And the only thing that I could do not to burst into tears, out of total shame and embarrassment, surrounded by my coworkers, was just to shove my face into this book that I just bought at the airplane bookstore. And the book was Rachel Hollis's Girl, Wash Your Face book. It had just, it had just become really popular. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to distract myself and read this book. And in that four-hour plane ride, I had devoured this book. I think that sometimes, I don't know if you call it divine intervention, whatever you want to call it. Sometimes there are moments that happen unexpectedly that can really change the direction of our lives. And you know I don't know if there's even anything in that book that I hadn't heard before necessarily, but it was a message I needed to hear at a time when I was finally ready to receive it. You can tell people things all the time. You can give people advice all the time, share your wisdom all the time, but if they are not at a place to receive it, it just doesn't land the same way. But this day, This moment, what at the time for me felt like this rock bottom, paired with me reading this book was a big pivotal moment in my life. And it was this catalyst for my entire personal development journey and and life transformation. I mean, really. And I think that the biggest piece of that book that really just clicked for me was ownership. I felt like someone had just slapped me across the face in like a loving way, but like a sister. You need to get it together and wake up. And the ownership conversation did that to me. It was the first time in my life that I realized that I had been playing a victim in my life in a really big way. I mean, I blamed my genetics for why I was overweight. And yes, genetics do absolutely play a role in your body composition, but I blamed them for a lot of things. I blamed my genetics. I blamed my job for why I didn't have the time freedom or, you know, the extra money to spend on all of these fancy weight loss programs and fancy gyms and equipment and the whole thing. I blamed my partner Who's now my husband? I blamed him at the time. You know, like if he doesn't hop on this dieting bandwagon with me, I'm never gonna get successful and do it. I blamed everyone and everything outside of me for why I felt unhappy, unhealthy, and unfulfilled in my life. I was playing a victim. And by doing that, I was giving away all of my power to my circumstances, all of my power to the world and people around me, instead of taking massive ownership of my own choices. And it was this realization of if it was my choices, they got me here, then it gets to be my choices. They get me somewhere else. That's not on anybody else. That is on me. Regardless of what our circumstances are, we always get a choice of what to do, how to think, what to believe, and what the next step is going to be that we're going to take moving forward. And that hit me like a ton of bricks. It was a hard pill to swallow to think like, oh my gosh, it is nobody's fault. Sure, like, yes, we we all have our circumstances in our life that we have to deal with and that's gonna look different, right? We all have hard stuff we gotta walk through, but I blamed everything on everyone and everything else instead of saying, what empowered choices do I get to make for myself today? And while that was a hard pill to swallow, it was the most freeing moment of my entire life because all of a sudden I realized that I was in the driver's seat. If I wanted more for my life, I got to choose that. But I was gonna have to start showing up and making the choices in order to get more in my life and get go a different direction in my life. And that's really what started everything. So I I read that book in August of 2018 and I I just started to get more curious and open-minded. And I thought, okay, this was insightful, this was really helpful. I started listening to more podcasts, I started reading books, and it really started this whole, this whole journey for me. And at the end of that year, at the end of 2018, There was, um, I just started following Rachel Halls at the time. You know, her book was kind of what sparked this. And she had posted about this last 90 days challenge. And her last 90 days challenge was this idea of, hey, instead of throwing away the last three months of the year saying, we'll start after the new year. You know, the holidays are here. All of our goals and dreams go out the window. We just wait until the next year. The idea was, what if we end our last 90 days our strongest? Like, what if we really show up for ourselves this year? And she had what she called her her 5 to thrive there were five simple habits and she just said like what if we just do these five habits for 90 days and i thought you know what like fine i've i've tried the whole like dive in head first into this overhaul of a diet and it has burned me so many times so like what if i just approach this instead of saying i'm going to lose all this weight and take away all the foods that I love and start torturing myself doing exercise that I hate? Like, what if I just started with five simple habits and I just like saw what happened? I went into it with a really open, curious mind. And the five habits were wake up one hour earlier for yourself, drink half your body weight in ounces of water each day, write down 10 things that you're grateful for, give up one food that you know doesn't bless your body and move for 30 minutes each day. So those are five simple habits. And I thought, you know what, Kaya, like you can do five simple habits for 90 days Let's just give it a try. So I started October 1st, 2018. And I remember that morning. I have videos from that morning. And I don't looking back now, I documented so much of this journey from the beginning. And I don't know if I knew at the time that this was gonna be different. Like I think I knew going into it that I had this different mindset, this different approach. So I thought, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take the pictures, I'm gonna take the video, and we're gonna see what happens. And that morning, oh, waking up an hour earlier for myself, like I was someone that would try to squeeze every last minute in bed. Like, oh, I would just soak it up. Like I loved it. So I roll out of bed very unhappily an hour early. I put on my workout clothes. My eyes are like at half mass. And I am like, I'm just, I'm going to do this thing. Okay. I decided to weigh myself because I felt like I needed this, this gauge, right? This starting point. And I weighed 285 pounds. And I had really awful things to say about it to myself in the mirror when I looked in the mirror. I mean, if you look at the videos, you can see the shame in my face, really. And so I weigh myself. I like drink my water. I write down my my things that I'm grateful for in my journal, my first journal, a journal that had like three pages written on it when I was in Europe because I thought I was going to journal then and it didn't happen anyways. And I decided I was going to start with doing just free YouTube dance workout videos in my living room. You know, like I was like, I hate running. I don't want to do that. I'm going to be, you know, so much less motivated to go and move my body. If I have to get my butt out of this house, I'm just going to turn on a free YouTube dance video and I'm just going to move in my living room for 30 minutes. And that's where I started. And I did it. And I showed up for 30 days. And through that, I almost quit because I wasn't seeing this, these results. And of course, when I said results at the time, I was talking about weight loss specifically. And I wasn't seeing it as fast as I wanted to. Story of my life. I felt like I was working so hard and doing all these things and doing them right and showing up consistently. And I just had nothing to show for it. And I remember crying on the couch, telling my now husband, boyfriend at the time that I was going to give up. But I said, no, I made this promise to myself. And this is going to be the time when I stop breaking promises to myself. I said, 90 days, I'm going to do it for 90 days and I'm going to see what happens. And so I did. And after 90 days, I had lost 25 pounds through the holidays, mind you. And for the first time in my life, I didn't feel like I was making all these empty promises to myself come January 1. I actually felt like i had created this momentum. I created these habits and this lifestyle that I, I actually enjoyed, that I wasn't going to continue just because it was working, but because I actually enjoyed it. Like it it felt good. It felt life-giving. And what had happened was I made this promise to myself and I showed up every single day consistently. And what that had done was build this self-confidence in myself that I hadn't felt maybe ever because I was the queen of breaking promises to myself. Other people, nope, I'll keep those promises. But to myself, I would break them over and over and over again. But this was the first time, 90 days. 90 days. I kept my promise and I had built the self-confidence in myself. I learned to start speaking to myself better, feeling more grateful for where I was, not for not just for where I was going, but for where I was in that moment, for for that day, for showing up and doing something to honor my body. And I realized I had started rebuilding this relationship with myself in a way that I never had every other time I had tried to pursue weight loss in the past. I used to think that everything I wanted was a result of weight loss. When really what I wanted was to love myself, to have freedom, to be able to eat the foods I want without shame or guilt, to be able to have the energy to show up and play with my nieces, to feel confident in my body. And the good news about that is, and this realization that I had was, you don't have to lose weight to start feeling those things now because those have more to do with what you're thinking, your mindset then they actually have to do with your physical body. We put so much emphasis on our physical bodies thinking that we'll be happier once. And not just our physical bodies, but our circumstances in in general. I'll be happier once I lose the weight. I'll be happier once I have the job. I'll be happier once I make the money, once I find the partner, once I live in that place. And the truth is, is that happiness is an inside job. It starts within you. And I didn't know that. Maybe someone had told me, but it hadn't sunk in. Until I started doing this work on myself. And the other really cool thing about this, and this realization that so much of this journey is about mindset, is that when I started waking up an hour earlier for myself, what I did with that hour was yes, I moved my body and I started journaling, but I started dreaming bigger for myself. I knew I wanted to have this, you know, my own job one day. I want to work for myself. I wanted the freedom and flexibility to, you know, fly home to California to go see one of my new nieces being born or go to a birthday party or whatever that is. And so I started a, a side hustle at the same time that I started my health journey. And I ended up, you know, fast forward, I ended up creating this, this business called Burley and Barley, it's no longer um, active. I've pivoted since then. But I started this marketing business and I started working freelance on the side. And I started creating this dream for myself of like, okay, if you want to get healthier, you get to do that. If you want to have time, work, money, freedom, guess what kind you get to do that. But you got to start taking actions now and start building that. And so that's what I did. With that time for myself, I started pouring into these dreams instead of thinking that everybody and everything else around me was going to dictate My life. I was in the driver's seat this time, and it changed everything. There's lots of things we could talk about through this process that we're going to talk about without a doubt throughout future episodes. But just to kind of fast forward a little bit, you know, a year later, October first, 2019, I had lost 103 pounds in one year, and I and I lost even more than that. I started running. Um, I ran my first half marathon. I started sharing more about my journey online, and really talking more about this mindset piece. I was like, how did I not know this? More people need to know this. It's not about the weight loss. Yeah, the weight loss was great. It was a part of my health journey story, but it was all about mindset. Mindset is at the root of everything. And my weight loss was really just a result of my healing relationship with myself. Really my mindset transformation is what led to my weight loss. But we keep thinking we need to change our bodies in order to change that relationship with ourselves. And it's simply not true. So as I started sharing about my my story on social media, um, people started asking me more questions. Started with friends and family saying, oh my gosh, Kai, you're so inspiring. I love what you're doing. It's so cool. Can you tell me more? Like, what diet are you on? I'm like, oh, actually not on a diet. Still eat all the things I love. More about mindfulness, you know, get my whole spiel. And they were fascinated. And the people started asking me, well, do you do coaching? Could I hire you to help me? And at the time I was like, what? Like, I don't know if I'm qualified to do that. Like, what does a life coach even mean? Like, what do you even do? Am I, can I even charge people money to do such a thing? And I decided, you know what? Like, I'm just going to try it out. You know, if multiple people are asking me and I haven't said anything about this, maybe we're on to something here. And so I started coaching one-on-one, just a a few friends, family, acquaintances, friends of friends, and it just kind of started building as I started sharing more and more about this. And I was still doing my Brilliant Barley marketing business at the time, but I was falling, really falling in love with coaching. I thought, could this be a thing? Could this be a thing? Could I make this my thing? I, I, It's kind of funny thinking back to it because my grandpa always told me growing up, he said, Kaya, whatever it is that you do in your life, it's gotta be something with people. I was like, great grandpa, what the heck does that even mean? Like, how do I translate that into a job? I kind of thought everyone was good at people. I know now that's not the case, but you know I, I thought agriculture was gonna be my thing. I thought ag communications was going to be my thing. And I started thinking about it differently about like, well, maybe my place in agriculture, it isn't in production agriculture like I grew up with. It's not ranching. Maybe it's not even in communications, although I still will always hold a piece of that with me. But maybe my place in agriculture is inspiring the people within it to live their happiest, healthiest lives from the inside out. And that's something I never considered before. So last year, 2020, I was still doing my marketing business through the beginning of the year. And then I had this incredible opportunity to be featured in People Magazine. And People Magazine pitched the story to Good Morning America, who pitched the story to Access Hollywood, and it just kind of snowballed. And at the end of May, beginning of June of 2020, my Instagram blew up overnight. And all of a sudden, I had consultation calls booked up two weeks out solid. Mind you, I did not know at the time that you, can, you need to make breaks in consultation call booking time so you can like go pee and stuff. So lesson learned there. But my Instagram blew up overnight. I think it went from like 4,000 followers to 17,000 followers but instantly. And it felt so overwhelming in a, in a really wonderful way. But I felt like all of a sudden I'd walked onto stage and there were 17,000 people staring at me. And I was like, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. And all of these people started following me because of this health transformation, and ask me questions and all of these things. And I was, again, overwhelmed in a wonderful way. But it was finally what did it for me when I said, you know what? My heart is being called towards coaching. I'm going to lean into it all the way. So July 1st of 2020, I decided to go all in with my life coaching. And now here I am a year later starting a freaking podcast. And it's so crazy. It's It also feels like this full circle moment for me because in college – people assume I was an ag major, but my major was actually human development with a minor in education, which when I think about it now, I'm like, that's kind of like life coaching. I would have never guessed that I'd actually end up using my degree. I mean, I thought it was all going to be just for a piece of paper, but here I am. And it's, you know, I know people say you got to, you got to turn your struggles into your strength. And I feel like I did that accidentally, totally organically. And it has felt like the greatest gift of my life. You know, I wouldn't wish my weight loss or my, my weight struggle in my youth, my body image struggle on anyone else. Gosh, if I could take that away from everyone in the future of time, I would, but I can't. But I believe deep in my core now, looking back that my struggle with my weight, my struggle with my body image was one of the greatest blessings of my life. Because now here on the on the other side of that, and I say on the other side of that, but our health journeys and our self-love journeys, they are a never ending journey. There is no destination. So I say on the other side, but I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it with you. We're all in it together. But now where I'm at standing now on my journey, looking back, I think that that was the greatest gift of my life. What used to feel like my greatest curse now feels like my greatest gift because now I have this. Oh, incredible opportunity to be able to speak to you, to be able to empower other women and men and people all across the world, to teach them the same mental tools that helped me heal my own relationship with myself, to find food freedom, to build my self-confidence, to learn how to love myself again. And if my story can help inspire one other person to love themselves a little bit more, then it was all worth it. And it has all been worth it. And, you know, someone someone said once, and I wish I could remember who it is now, but I just loved the way they thought about, you know, I'm not here despite my struggles, but I'm here because of them. And I also want to offer that as some encouragement for whatever struggle it is that you're walking through right now. You know, I don't want to diminish your pain and how that feels. I know it's tough. Whatever you're going through right now, it's tough. It's tough. I know. But I got to believe that on the other side of this, there's something good that can come of it or something... That can help us in some way, or something that we can learn and offer to help other people. I think that there can be good and strength that are are our results of those struggles and hardships we face. And that's what I found to be true in my, my own life, at least, not that I would wish struggle or pain on anybody else. So here I am, full circle, full time life coach, starting my own podcast. Woo! That's so wild and so exciting. And now I have this incredible opportunity where I get to coach hundreds of women across the world. I built this incredible membership community of loving women supporting each other and walking this journey too. And now I have found this mission, this life mission to empower others to break free from diet culture and self shame, to rebuild their relationship with themselves from the inside out, to learn to love themselves again. And that's why I'm here. That's why this podcast is here. This podcast is here to be a place where we can walk through this journey together, where we can learn together, we can grow together. And yeah, I might hop on and do some coaching, but I want you to know. And what I tell those in my community all the time is that I might be a coach, but I'm a, I'm a member of this community and I don't have all the answers. So if that's what you came here looking for, I'm sorry but you're not going to find all the answers here. Some insights, experiences, tips, tricks, what's worked well for me. Absolutely. But I don't have all the answers. I am, I'm here learning and growing with you, but I'm just excited to have a space where we can do that together because I think that we are stronger, so much stronger together. And I think that what we, what we connect with is our common humanity. And I think that's something I want this to be a space for for us to share and celebrate and um, encourage and support one another, and also just to hold space for the hard stuff because I know that we all have got a lot of that that we're working through too. So if you're ready to be compassionately curious with me, I'm so happy that you're here. I hope that this gave you a little bit of a taste of who I am. Trust me, there's a lot more to me. There's a lot more to all of us, but this kind of, I think, sets the foundation for my own struggle and what I hope to do with that. So thank you so much for being here. I love you. Let's keep climbing. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review, sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.